This is international superstar M-Dog 20, Matt Cross, best friend of Son of Havoc. And you are listening to the Pro Wrestling Post Podcast. You're listening to the Pro Wrestling Post Podcast with your host, Mark Madison. This episode's guest is Matt Cross. Visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer. And now here's your host, Mark Madison. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. Uh, we're here just after the Smash Wrestling Show, um, and we are joined by Mr. Matt Frost. Thanks, Matt, for your time and your energy. No worries. Matt, before we go any further, um, I do have a friend that's also a writer on the site. Um, she wants us to say hello. Her name is Brandy Wagner. Okay. Um, if the name doesn't sound familiar, she said, tell him it's the girl from Alaska. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Brandy says hi. Cool. Um, Hello, so, Brandy. <laughs> so uh, your relationship with Smash, not a short-term thing. It's long-standing. Uh, where did it begin? Uh, initial champion. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was great. Um, so I first started coming to the Toronto area in 2005 for a group called Uda Bay Hardcore that was just really ahead of its time. Um, if you look back at the, the videos now, it's like they were using Tyler Black, Seth Rollins regularly, like Ultimo Dragon, Okada, like Alex Shelley, Chris Saban. And Eric Cannon, myself, Josh Prohibition. It was just like the craziest roster ever, the craziest merch. Like, again, just ahead of their time. But um, we didn't hit this boom in indie wrestling until two or three years ago. So, um, But I've always been fond of the area and the people and felt a connection with them. So uh, I was sad when Udebay went under, I think, 2008. So then I had this you know, a bit of a void in my life. And I would do random spot shows in Canada. But uh, when Smash hit me up, I don't know, I felt some of that same energy and passion that I had experienced in UWA. Uh, there were some of the fans that were, some guy came up to me today and it's like, I've been following you since UWA. So, I mean, that's 13, 14 years ago now. So it's, it's pretty incredible. You know, we all kind of are on this journey together. So... Um, I don't know, I, I, I believed in, in the product and the people behind it, and I felt that same energy and passion that I'd experienced in UWA, so I just wanted to carry that forward, and I was happy to do it. So, uh, how long ago would you say you start off with Smash? Because you said uh, 2008 was when they kind of shut their doors, but... Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to be honest, I slept like a couple minutes in the past year, so, <laughs> so I can't... Say less than five, I, seven I, years, maybe? I might be able to tell you where we are right now, or what day it is, or what year it is, or what my name is, with like 90% accuracy, so I don't... I, I want to say I was on, if not the first show, one of the first shows. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been here... I can't... I, can't, I want to say it was the very first show. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't bet my life on that, but I'm fairly confident that I've been on, not every show obviously, but I think I was in the very first. And I'm the first champion and I was, went undefeated for something insane, like two years or something like that. And, and uh, yeah, a long history with this company. Um, and Sebastian, uh, tonight's opponents, the endorsement of Sebastian Schwab, long-standing history with him too. Uh, tonight, uh, unfortunately not the result that we would have hoped for, but um, all things being equal, how is that relationship with Sebastian? How has how is the, the company and your relationship with them kind of uh, been maintained or blossomed or or even you look back and say, wow, this company's grown. Well, they're, well, they're, I mean, it's undeniable that they've grown. I mean, they're running regularly, like twice a month, which for independent wrestling, I mean, kind of once a month is what you can hope for. A lot of places aren't even able to manage that. I mean, it's so much work, you know. It's really, really a lot of work. But they have a great team here that kind of makes that happen. And for an independent company to be running multiple times in different cities and different buildings, I mean, that's just a testament to that. I mean, a handful of groups can do that. A handful in, in, the, in the country, if not world. So there's been obvious growth, you know. And I mean, even... Even using tonight as the example, I've been here once or twice before in this particular building. Uh, today was 
the f- biggest crowd that I've worked for here and the most vocal and the, I felt the most energy. And so, so the, the growth is very visible and obvious and, and tangible in a lot of ways. So um, it's cool. Just, you know, and the passion from day one that they had, it's, 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 it's paying off because you can, you can see that growth. It's not theoretical. It's, you know, I, I felt it and I experienced it and heard it today. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, now, you said you were the Smash Russian champion for something like two years, but um, also being from Cleveland, it seems like Cleveland and Smash Wrestling seem to go hand in hand. There's a, another former champion that kind of held the title. What is it about the Cleveland or Ohio area that seems <laughs> to like, where is Ohio versus everything kind of become more than just uh, a name or a face or one person? Or it's, I, I think... We're horrible at a lot of sports, <laughs> and everyone knows it. And we've been a laughing stock of the country for a long time. You know, yeah, like the movie yeah. Major League is about how we suck. <laughs> it's an awesome movie, but it's like we grow up with these things, you know. So it's like that's ingrained in all of us, and it's like we're losers, and the drive, and the fumble, and these things are down to words and, and, and phrases, and we just expect to get to maybe do well, but then to lose. But not only just lose, to lose in some catastrophically in insane, tear-jerking, awful way every time. Yeah. So that is the environment that, that we're, we're created and forged in. And so I think there's a handful of us that, you know, we can be a product of our environment and accept that because we can fall back on that and be like, yeah, we're losers. Or we can like rally against that in some way. Like we have something to prove and we're not going to be just a product of this. And I think when it comes to professional wrestling, Ohio has been insane. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there's... There's a cliche like something in the water, but you know, it's like. Just gonna ask that. Yeah, it's, I mean, Dolph Ziggler, EC3, Ray Rowe, myself, Johnny Gargano, Greg Iron. It, like, it's it's The Miz, it's it's nuts. Like, there's so many. I, I would like to see it statistically, because it's gotta be, it's gotta buck the trend. If, if not be, if not the top, one of, just as far as like per capita, the guys coming out of that area. And it's, I mean, the guy who trained me, uh, since passed away, JT Lightning, I mean, he had his hand again and like he trained me, he trained Josh Prohibition, he trained Johnny Gargano, like he was training Ray Rowe, like, there's just so many of these dudes, like, he, he was the godfather of Cleveland wrestling, so his work is now, like, all, all over the world, and in, like, the, the upper echelon of this stuff, so it's pretty cool, so, yeah, I just think, I don't know, we, we all have something to prove based on, you know, Cleveland's, well, like, here, it's cold, you know, like, so we just gotta make something out of ourselves, and so it, it's it's a working class, blue collar, hard working. When I started, it was all forty year old steel workers just beating us up, you know. But but that's the environment that, that we were we were forged in. So that you know, I don't know. I'm sure there's some uh, analogy there, but that steel and whatever that we're, we're known for, and it's that industry and the rust belt stuff. And you know, it's like I don't know. I'm not just gonna be. I want to I want to be something more. I always rep Cleveland hard, you know. Like I've been to twenty. Well, I've been to thirty one countries, but I've wrestled in twenty five, and I'm always announced from Cleveland, and I'm, and I'm proud to be from there. Mm-hmm. But I want to, you know. We're not we're not these losers or whatever that 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 a lot of the country, if not world, sees us as. Yeah, um, have you guys ever had that conversation and say, you know, where did this all kind of come from? Did you ever you ever reflect with many any of your colleagues about other wrestlers? Yeah, I mean that's everything I just said is, is my take on it. So I try to spin some poetry in there, I guess. But uh, but but it's definitely been a topic of conversation of like, hey, wait a minute, because there is sort of an abnormal. An amount of guys coming out of the area. Now you've been a part of independent promotions. You've competed as far as part of major promotions. Um, outside of maybe the obvious popularity of like comparison between the, the two, what have you found? Maybe um, what has independent wrestling held closer to your heart, or, uh, as a card that you hold closer to the chest? Maybe as opposed to uh, major promotions. And you know, do you see the pros and cons in both? I mean, for me, I'm a punk. So when I was 14, I discovered punk rock, and I, and I never looked back. And all the music I heard. 
up to that point died. And I know that sounds extreme, but it's true. Like, whatever I'd heard before, I don't even know what I'd heard, you know, like Roy Orbison and the Beach Boys or something, but it, it all just, it died. I didn't care about it. And that was, you know, 24 years ago, and I just never looked back. So it's like that, you know, it's a band Brotherhood, and they said, more than music, it's a way of life. And that just hit me so hard, because like... When I first saw ECW, I was a budding punk, and ECW wasn't a band, and it wasn't a sound, and it wasn't music, but it was it's punk. There's no other way of... The way that the audience was just as involved as the wrestlers, they were integral to the performance, every part about it, everyone was just losing their mind, it was chaotic, it was dangerous, it was... The first hardcore show I went to, my buddy got hit with a guitar, had to get 10 staples in his head, and go to an ambulance, and I was late for school, and I had to get a ride home from somebody else's, poor cell phones, poor anything. That was the first hardcore show I went to, so any sane person would have been like, well, I'm not. You know, maybe, maybe at best, they'd be like, well, that was a neat experience. I'm, I'm scared to death of never going back. So what what's what screws loose in my brain that I was like, oh, that's cool. That's what I'm going to be into now. You know, like my friend almost died. And I thought it was, you know, not cool that he died, but like something, it was, you know, I did gymnastics and I went to school and I got good grades and I did all the stuff you're supposed to do, but there's something about like somebody swinging a guitar at somebody's head and just killing it. Like if that appeals to some primal, like it was awesome, you know, and I saw that same insanity in ECW and I was like, man, you know, this is just sort of like so close to a riot and about to become unglued. So for whatever reason, that, that, that spoke to me. So um, I can be a bit wordy, and I apologize for that. No, but, don't. But, <laughs> you've got carte blanche. So. <laughs> so it's like that that punk rock ethos, and and different people have different interpretations of it. So you could you could be okay, the Ramones. Now I want to sniff some glue. Now I want something to do. That never spoke to me. I remember going to my first punk show, and some guys like, "Hey, you want to sniff glue behind out back?" And I was like. I didn't know it was a real thing. Right? I knew the song, but I was like, wait, people actually sniff what? My God's name, you sniff glue. It sounds, you know, I did gymnastics, so I wasn't an athlete. I'm like, there's no way sniffing glue is good for you. I'm like, you're an idiot. So I never gravitated to, to the destructive elements of it or like the nihilistic parts of it. But bands like Black Flag who were like, I don't know, let's just get our buddies in a van and just do this and, and we'll make it up as we go along and we'll get, we'll just, we'll tour, we'll whatever. And like all of that has always spoke to me. And then it's funny how the world has kind of come full circle a bit to that. Cause now, especially in this day and age, we're all able to do that. Like if you want to be a wrestler, you can start today. If you want to be a writer, you can start today. If you're a poet, you can start today. If you're a makeup artist, you can start today. You can start a YouTube channel. You can, it's like, holy crap. Like no longer do you have to sign up Warner Brothers records or something to be noticed. Like the, 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 the hands of distribution have completely shifted. And like every, that idea of independent artists is being celebrated everywhere. So I do whatever I want 24 hours a day. Like I have complete freedom. And to me, freedom is priceless. It's amazing. One of the biggest problems in my life right now is trying to figure out in June, there's something called Camp Anarchy, which is a three-day punk festival, 40 minutes from my house. I'm trying to decide if I should wrestle that weekend against uh, an opponent I can't name, but it's very high tier. So a match I'd be very excited about. So should I do that match or should I go see Rancid, who's my favorite band ever? Those are the problems in my life. So no one's going to feel sympathy for me. Like, I, and that's a real concern. I got to spend time thinking about that. Boo-hoo. Oh, woe is me. So it... Freedom is priceless, you know? Like, and I can just, I'm seeing the world and I'm so conscious of, of how lucky I am and, and how hard I've worked for this and, and grateful for this. And I know that it's finite and it won't last forever, but, but just that independent spirit will always speak to me because this is an art and I'm an artist and I have no overarching person looking over my performance, what I want to do, what I want to wear, what I want to wear to the show, what I want to, it's, it's like I wake up at noon every day of my life. That's awesome. <laughs> like when I went to All In, which again, the biggest independent show of all time. Like, no, there wasn't a dress code. People didn't have to wear suits. They didn't have to pretend to play some kind of part. If I wanted to wear a suit, I'd get a real job. I don't. I want to wear punk rock band t-shirts every day of my life. So I'm a wrestler, you know? And I have the freedom to do that. So, so I don't know. That, that independent spirit is always going to be part of me. I mean, this is, at the, at the, at the base of punk is some kind of, I, I don't want to be. Anti-establishment. Yes. And, and just in this corporations and all this stuff. I'm not, I'm not, 
I don't know. I, I want to be this counterculture outlaw. <laughs> and, you know, wrestling is one of the last spaces where you can be a, I'm a pirate, I'm a cowboy. Like, those things barely exist and or don't exist anymore, except in this world. So I find that I can live, like, a bit off the radar or off the grid or it, it, it's, you know, it's this, it's this weird, like I said, cowboy outlaw pirate life that always spoke to me where it's not technically illegal, but not super legal. And it's just, it, it toes that line and, and that speaks to me. So what was it more so like swaying away from the establishment or the major promotions and not being something that you wanted to, because clearly your heart is not in, it, it doesn't gravitate towards that. Uh, what was it about I mean, the sparkle and the shine that kind of comes with that, but there's less freedom, per se? Yeah. I, and don't get me wrong, I would. Uh, my goal from day one was to be to wrestle for WWE, and still is. Like, I want to be seen by... I'm haunted by the fact that my number one fan that would buy my shirts and pants and socks and whatever that I release and my toothbrushes doesn't even know I exist. And I know that to be true. People that would live and die and eat, sleep, breathe by what I do and what I've spent 20 years of my life doing don't even know I exist. So to, to get that platform where you can be seen by everybody is something I've worked hard for and I do think I deserve. So that is my goal, 100%. Um, you know, with that would, would, would come sacrifices, uh, which I'm, you know, willing to make. Uh... But if I don't make it there and I fall short of my life's work, I, again, I'm not going to get sympathy from anyone being like, boo-hoo, I've been to 25 countries doing what I love. Like, if you took the world's population, 7 billion people, whatever it is, I bet a large portion of them would boil down their dream to get paid, to travel the world, to do what they love. It would likely be some version of that, which I'm doing. Do I get frustrated at times? Do I want that? Do I work for that? Absolutely. But am I in any position to complain for one second about any of that? Like, my sister's a nurse. She works with Doctors Without Borders. She does nine month assignments in, like, South Sudan. She works with children. Her last assignment, she said at least one kid died every day. That's the real world. That's reality. I do underpants fighting, and people cheer for me. My life's awesome, man. <laughs> like, I'm super aware of that. Like, I'm super aware of that. Like, there's a real world out there, and it's scary and whatever and as long as I can be an underpants fight land like hell yeah full steam ahead are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe brands like progress wrestling evolve wrestling combat zone defy pcw ultra pwx over the top shine and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only five $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Now, the Matt Cross that we see, very eloquent, uh, very knowledgeable, and, and it's come with time and experience, but was there always that entrepreneurial part of you that kind of was always emerging, um, or was that something that just, um, there's more to just me than just wrestling? Is that in terms of like the wrestling is forever stuff? Wrestling is forever, yeah. Particular? yeah. Because um, wrestling is forever, it can't be just um, in, its, in its purest form. It is, you know, and then it's, it emerges and it reinvents itself. But then it's its purest form, it's closest to your heart. Um, where did that all initially come from? Was that always a plan? As far as the like entrepreneurial part of it, it's like. I've been involved in independent professional wrestling for just shy of 20 years. So I'm not the best. I never claimed to be and I never will be. But I get it, if that makes sense. So it becomes 
Anything you do for 20 years is, you're not going to have that same fire as when you started. Obviously, I have some fire. I wouldn't, I, I'm, you know, especially in the schedule I'm, right now, I'm like, I haven't slept and done anything for years. So if I didn't love it, I wouldn't be doing it. I remember talking like, to Sammy Zane about this. I'm like, dude, this is, and he's like, but look at what, he's like, we wouldn't do what we do if we didn't love it, you know? Because we put ourselves through, it's, it's, it's. You know, in a word, ill-advised. It's not a good idea. There's, there's no other way around it. I guess it's, it's not a good idea. Uh, but we do it, and it's because we love it. So, but, but you know, just shy of 20 years, it's like, okay. So, at the end of the day, we are artists. So, it's a new... If you're if you're an artist who paints all the time, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, what would sculpting be like? It's a new medium. You know, like, I have a buddy who is a classically trained artist, and it's like, he does do, you know, all of a sudden he was like, what if I do, you know, chiseling and stonework? And, he, and it's, it, you know, you get that fire again, because it's new. So, I was like, man, you know, it, it, it's new. I, I had to make a website. I don't know how to make a website, so I had to learn how to make a website. I had to deal with printers. I don't know how to deal with printers. Like, I'm a kid at heart, you know? So it forced me to get out of my comfort zone and, and then approach all these different things. And I'm just inspired by, like, there's so much passion in this. Because, like I said, it, it, there's no, it's stupid. It's stupid, and we're all dumb. Fact. So why do I see all these people do it? And why do I see it pay off? You know, it was just a few years ago where Seth Rollins is sleeping on my floor. And now look at him. It's only a couple years ago. I was staying at Seamus' house in Ireland and he's riding his bicycle to work every day. Yeah. A couple years ago. So it's like, what happens to one person? Oh, wow, cool. What happens to another person? Oh, lucky. What happens to the 10th, 15th, 20th, 25th person? That's not lucky anymore. No. If 25 of your friends won the lottery, it's you're not like, this was crazy anymore. You're like, there's a system or something. There's... So it's just hard work paying off and not some cliche lame like, you can do it. Like, you effing can because I've seen it happen a million times. So I'm so aware of that. And just the sacrifices people make. Guarantee some of these dudes are driving five, six, ten hours tonight to another show or came from other shows. I mean, it's Sunday. Who knows what they did Friday and Saturday? But I guarantee it was nuts, you know? And and, and why? For what? You know, like the money we're making. You see our eyes light up when we sell a $20 t-shirt. That tells you everything you need to know. We're not making anything near what you think we're making. No. So why are we doing this? But I was inspired by that passion because it's, it's like a crazy force, you know, when, when against all rational thought, you still pursue something. I, I, you can find some, some strength in that or something. So, so I was, I, I've been so familiar with that and that's all I've known. I mean, who's done any wrestling for 20 years? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm the biggest idiot of the idiots, but for whatever, that's, that's what I know. So I was so close to it and inspired by it. And I'm like, let me, let me start this thing that, 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 you know, takes me on this path. And yeah, so it's just, I was inspired by all that and I wanted to move forward with it. And I've had such a front row seat to this. So as it, we're in a boom period for pro wrestling, right. especially independent pro wrestling. And that's all that I've known. So I want to elevate, I think gone are the days of like hokiness and, and silliness. And I think the culture around wrestling is being elevated. It's being presented differently. And because what we do is in, it, it, if a musician came to a show, met a different musician, talked about a song, never played it, and then played it for a paying audience that night? That's what we do. If a musician did that, they'd be on the cover of every magazine and they'd be heralded as geniuses. And yet what I do is somehow lame and or fake. But there's Andy Williams from Every Time I Die was here tonight. He's a professional musician. I gave him that analogy. I said, is that fair? I'm not a professional musician. He's like, absolutely. As a guy who does both, he's like, that is the perfect way to summarize what we do. So that's what we do. And I think at some point, people are recognizing that. Yeah. Like everyone loves the Avengers and it's no different. Except the Avengers have stunt doubles and the Avengers have a thousand 
takes and the Avengers have CGI and the Avengers have millions of dollars and the Avengers have blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So if what we do is quote unquote fake, then what they do is triple, quadruple, five times fake. So that's being reckoned. You can't pass it off as like, fake doesn't cut it anymore. No, no, I used to doesn't. take my girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend to see the Nutcracker every year. People go, hey, Matt, how was it? I can't go, well, it was fake. They would laugh at that. Because, what you, no, that's not what I said. Did you like the Nutcracker? It's not an answer to, it, it's, it's missing the, it's, it's, it's a ludicrous response to the question. So people are seeing that. And, it, you know, you're watching a live action stunt show that unfolds before your very eyes one time with guys who are real, living, breathing people risking their lives, trading in quality years of their life for what? I don't know, but we are, uh, for this love and passion to unfold before your very eyes. So I think as people see that, culture of what we do gets elevated. So people don't think fashion and wrestling, but why not? You know, I don't want to wear a purple shirt with some guy's like half naked body on it. Maybe people do, nothing wrong with that, but I don't. I'd like to wear something cool. So I didn't see the stuff that I wanted against me, become the bands we want to hear. You know, I'm going to make so that. That, I'm like, it's just punk rock. I was like, wait a minute. I like wearing softer t-shirts. So all my t-shirts are soft. I live on airplanes. So I don't want something sticking. I want quality stuff. I want fashion forward stuff. I want something that's cool that people can be. I'm a wrestling fan. I don't want to be embarrassed to be a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. So if someone's going to be in that space, why not me? Why not? Because the, there's going to be some businessman, piece of crap guy. Here we go with the corporate stuff again. Who's going to be like, oh, here's a chance to make a quick buck. Yeah. But he doesn't fall on his head. So now you're buying something from someone who was inspired by, who's making the stuff, who's shipping it out himself, who's falling on his freaking head every day and he's living even breathing sweating dying for this stuff so it's it, you can't touch that because that's real and I think people respond to that because it's you know undeniable or whatever so yeah that's your long winded uh, answer yeah, fired up <laughs> I, I love the passion <laughs> too are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only five $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. In going through your mind through the course of a match, um, sequence of events, decisions that are made on the spur of a moment. I sat tonight, second row, and I saw you deliver a, a shooting star press to um, Anthony Kingdom James. What, what goes through your mind and in that in that instant, in that moment, in delivery, or is there nothing? Is it a complete clear slate and that you don't overthink it? Um, I try to just get excited, right? Because, I don't know, I feed off that energy. Like, this is going to sound, like I almost hesitate to say it, but a lot of times it doesn't come from within anymore, right? So I need an external source of like, I mean, I'm tired, I'm whatever, I don't I don't need to do this, you know? So I, I need that that energy. So a crowd like tonight, when it's, and it's independent of size, right? Like, sure, we all want to wrestle in front of a million people, but I'm wrestling in front of crowds, you know, I'm not going to get myself in trouble and say where, but like, of 20,000, 30,000, where I was aware that that many people were there, but when I looked around and saw it, I was like, are there just chairs like dresses people? They're like, I can't even like- Just sitting on their hands. And they're so far away that there's no, it wasn't immediate, it wasn't, there wasn't interaction, it wasn't like, and maybe that's why I'm like, I don't know, I don't like you too, you know? I don't get when people are like, I had good seats, I had binoculars or something. It's like, <laughs> no man, I want to climb and like jump on the singer and punch him in the mouth. Like, that's what I need to like, that's the world I'm in, you know? Like, people are like, I almost get to meet so-and-so. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, I've never not met a person in a band 
band that I went to go see ever. That's part of it. Like, because after the show, they go hawk their stupid $15 t-shirts, you know? I feel spoiled because in wrestling, we sell them for 20 So I'm like, hey, we're ripping everybody off. Ugh, punk rock shows, you get them for 10 or 15 Um, Of course you meet the people. Of course you fall on them. So, so I need that. I need that energy. And, it, you know, like, it, it, it moves us forward in a very real sense. So I think I'm just, ex- you know, excited thinking about that. And it's like, especially when, when you get the response that you hoped for. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is a sick moment. Like, I don't know. That's... There's, you know, endless cliches about like, okay, I'm straight edge, right? So it's like, maybe this is my high or maybe this is my addiction, right. blah, blah, blah. I'm sure some parallel could be drawn there, but it'll just come off as tired. But, 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 but it's, I think there's some truth to it as well. You talk about future and, and from what you saw tonight, what could you say? If there's anybody that, you know, I'd like to match up with them, um, I'd like to see what that would look like. I know intergender wrestling tends to be a hot button topic, but yet, it, especially at the cusp of being a Me Too movement and it still being, uh, it's consensual. Um, you know, would you see or have you been a part of intergender matches where um, it's it's been better or equal or even better than, say, a match, um, you know, with a male counterpart. My very first match in the Underground was me versus Elise. So it was the very first match on the very first episode of season one. So when it was televised, I wasn't aware, maybe this is bad to admit to, but I didn't know it was the first time that it had ever been televised, like an intergender pressure wrestling match. Wow. So then every interview I'm doing is becoming this, that's the focal. And it's like, what did you think? Or what did you, or like, you're representing this thing. And I was like, holy crap, I kind of like, I was unaware. Because it's, oh. we do it on the indies and we don't think anything of it. And like you said, it's consensual. And these, I never heard that many girls, like they get tired of wrestling each other. They want to test themselves against dudes. They want to do, you could do different moves, different things. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to wrestle everybody. So it's not weird for us. So then all of a sudden I was like put in this strange, like I'm in this like I don't call it the poster boy for that, but but you know it was, and I wasn't like prepared for it because I was like, whoa, I'm just a wrestler, man. I don't care. Like all of a sudden it's like this giant geopolitical, like just crazy, <laughs> like gender politic. Like I was like, oh, uh, I gotta be so careful about words or whatever. And I was right, like, right. oh, I don't know about this. This is crazy because it wasn't. I don't know. We're used to it or whatever. And I think society is, you know, no one questions again. Go back to the Avengers example. It's no one's like superheroes are beating everybody up, and it's like we're just live action superheroes, you know. So it's like no one's like what a girl superhero. Bah. Like, and maybe they would have been 50 years ago, but like times change, things change, you know, words and things that may have been, you know, could slide years ago aren't cool now. So it's like, you got to keep with the times, you know? So I just think a lot of what we do at independent wrestling and what Lucha Underground does, it's, you know, it's more, more in tune with the, the culture and times of today. Um, you, you talked um, about facing Ivalese and, and you've also talked about really not falling by the wayside of corporate sponsorship and yet Lucha Underground was a television show and in a production and um, it's recently, you know, it's been under a bit of a fire as well just because of um, how some of the town have tried to move away and, and do you think that this is something where in the event that there's complete consensual trust and there's loopholes and uh, how is it that uh, companies can actually stronghold somebody and that they can't move forward professionally, Eva um, Lee's being one of them? I don't know. I mean, they follow a, a traditional television schedule and it's a traditional television contract. So they didn't, they don't understand the wrestling world and we don't understand the television world. So there's going to be inevitably like some butting of heads just mm-hmm. by nature of that. Because I guarantee uh, that whatever contract we were essentially given was the same one that they did for TV show X, Y, or Z and they right. crossed out Survivor and they wrote in Lucha Underground you know yeah. I guarantee it because all of them work on many other Hollywood shows so wherever those people are right now and they're all working on other shows they're not even aware that like little wrestler over here or there is like oh, I'm upset about this or that they're like what are you? they're like no yeah we're gonna that's a show that we do like because it's just so it's just this you know again the butting of heads between different ways of doing things and like even the way it was in seasons like wrestling fans were like this is weird I'm like is it though like wrestling is the only show that doesn't have like an 
offseason? Uh, yeah, finales and things like that. You know, so just because they're doing it in a different format, like it's not weird. It's just different. So that's you know, there's like some I don't call them growing pains, but there's that's where the confusion or, or whatever stems from with that because it's just. Two different worlds that, when they're on, come together to make this, like, thing that rules. But with that, there's going to be these, like, misunderstandings and, like, weirdness at times. Mm, okay. Um, now, before we do let you go, it's, like, I can't believe, like, 30 minutes of our time. It's just, and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of flown by. Um, here on Pro Wrestling Pulse, we like to do a bit of a gift for a game. Sure. Okay, so the game is called Wrestling Tinder. Um, if, you're, sure. if you're interested in the topic, you'll swipe right. If you're not interested in the topic, you swipe left. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so, um, half scared. Uh, don't be t- completely scared. Okay, so, Cleveland sports teams. Oh, uh, well, I'm gonna get in trouble now, but hey, I don't really, uh, never got caught up with those. That's like, I guess I swipe left. Okay. Um, uh, Monopoly and Russell. Monopoly and wrestling? Yeah. Can we, you know, is there is there one? Do you see that? I mean, you mentioned that this is a, a point in wrestling where there's more options out there, but um, do you ever see going back to that? Could it ever be a I think point that where... there sort of is now, to be honest. Okay. But I think the only reason that, like, antitrust... Is uh, it a swipe right? Swipe left? So I guess it's a swipe right, yeah. Okay. I think the reason it's not addressed is because it's silly wrestling. I think if this was an oil business or, or anything else, people would look into it. Yeah. But I think if politicians did, because there is a uh, but if politicians looked into it, you know, people in general would be like, seriously, like that's what our tax money is going to. You're investigating pro wrestling. Like mm. it wouldn't, it doesn't, the, the, the greater amount of people, the majority of people aren't interested, interested in that. So those, polit- I mean, who's going to, what politician is going to like plant their flag in that and be like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this wrestling thing. No, I, and it's insane what happens in the wrestling business because they're allowed to get away with it because it's just, oh, well, it's, it's wrestling. That's a whole other thing for a whole other day, but, but it's, it's, it's crazy. And again, this was anything else like boy would it be different or blown up or exposed or it's it's a there's that there's that cowboy wild west aspect to it though you know it's like we're we're not going to be looked at in that way so a lot of stuff flies and it's yeah um now uh punk pop punk rock versus say a punk pop or emo that's a whole me and my buddies could talk about this for hours i remember a buddy giving me a great quote he's like emo music if it wasn't dead by 95, it was dead by 96 for sure. So he <laughs> was the right, straight left. He was the, oh, that's, I'll, I'll talk music. Every <laughs> that's the problem with wrestling. Is it's, it's very consuming. So yeah. every email I get, every conversation I have, everything's about wrestling. So I'm like, I get it. I like it. But it's one of many things I like. I, and my life so is left it open. 24-7 things. So it's like, I'd much rather talk music anyway. So yeah, that's a yeah. break. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, what is it like that you, because it, I mean, we see bands like a Blink-182 and yeah. they, they try and embrace the culture, but they're not fully. And then you look at definitely bands like the Ramones and, and Rancid like you were very close to, Henry Rollins and Black Flag. Will that counterculture ever be something where it the, can the nonconformist be conformist in a way where they still generate thousands of fans? Um, you're talking about going to uh, Camp Anarchy, it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that those I'm sure that's a, much like a Lollapalooza where you're bringing in thousands and thousands of fans. Um, do you see that being something that gets mainstay radio play and, and being something where... I don't know, it's like the, it's the day something gets named or brought to any sort of attention is like, it's already largely died, if not completely died, yeah. you know, in its truest form. So, so I've always been curious about like youth culture and stuff. It's crazy how all of these things, like punks were, I don't know, 14, 15 year old kids in New York City or London, depending on school of thought you go with. And, and then you got, you know, same thing with goths or, or skinheads or just, there's so many of these countercultures and that, that, that kind of rose up and it's like, they're just kids, like 
and, and but respond to the music and, and then and then these things were so were so real and, and, and focused and amazing and creative and then they all someone sees it and then it and then it starts to become a uniform and the rules of it get written and what what that thing is or isn't gets a little more rigid and then the news comes around to report on it so then people that didn't know it and weren't living it are talking about it and then the original people who made it are probably moving on because they're the real creatives and then everything becomes a character of itself so it's it's hard to even like that's it's, it's almost like an indie wrestling fan oh I was a fan of them when <laughs> when so and so and now you know he's popular I already know about him so. oh which believe me I do I, mean, that's, <laughs> I saw against me at a house in 2001 I'll, and I'll tell anybody that you know because like, uh, there is something to be said for, for these select few people experiencing things together I think yeah. I think we're, we're humans we're social beings and I think music is a higher form we only have the words that we have to describe things and often it's not enough so I think music is another form of communication that's higher so and it's you know what a lot of people seek in, in religion I, I find in punk you know this, this sense of communal experiences and, and we know the hems and then we sing them together and we dress and go a certain place everything I see in religion I'm like yeah 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 I, that's punk like I can't see if you use the word punk rock show in place of religion I I can't tell them apart, you know? So it's that same it, things that I believe in as strongly as other people believe in other stuff. It, it's all there. Um, so yeah, forget the point that I'm trying to make or, or what I'm off on, but um, yeah. Um, maybe uh, I'll, I'll mention something. It may or may not bring uh, thought to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I just uh, heard a story of Johnny Rotten mm-hmm. refusing to want to now play God Save the Queen because oh, he's become a monarchist. Yeah. So the guy that was counterculture is now, yeah, so it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's just shocking in that uh, doesn't want Sex Pistols to form that anymore. So. I find that interesting knowing his history and sure. yes. uh, being the guy that walks on stage uh, unsuspecting on a show and says to the crowd, thank you for your money, as they're mm-hmm. all booing him endlessly, not wanting him to be a part of something. But is that somehow punk too, you know? Yeah. Like, is that not like, and I feel for bands too, because sure, I mean, when did these guys write these songs? They're like 16, 17 year old kids. I mean, think of the thoughts we had at that age, like oh, idiots. Gosh. And then you're forced to relive those things that like, if I had to have the match that I had when I was 18 years old, because that's what everybody wanted to see, yeah. and I'm like... Man, I am over this, and I'm better, and I've moved on creatively, and I've grown. You know, that would get pretty old, so... Yeah, that's a whole conversation. Place all cleared up. Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah. Okay. So um, we're uh, we're just wrapping up here. 35, 36, almost close to 40 minutes of your time and your energy. And oh, thank no. you, Mr. Matt Cross. Yeah. Um, on behalf of Matt Cross, this is Mark Madison for the Pro Wrestling Post podcast. Hopefully we can do this again sometime. Sure. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to the Pro Wrestling Post podcast with your host, Mark Madison. Once again, please visit ProWrestlingPost.com for interviews, blogs, and upcoming events in your area. And be sure to download the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or whatever podcast app you prefer.